Hey guys, it's Melissa here from MelissaOatman.com. Welcome to another episode of Awaken Your Inner Awesomeness, the podcast dedicated to all things spirituality and self-improvement. I am so delighted you're here with us today because we have a very special guest. Today we have with us Ms. Shannon Bryant. She is a relationship expert who spent years struggling with anxiety and jealousy, which caused her to ruin relationships. And after being tired of that happening, she decided to go on her own journey and learn how to stop that same pattern, you know, stop hitting repeat over and over again. And now today she helps other people do the same. So she's here today to talk to us about how to overcome jealousy in relationships. And I'm assuming that also has to do with building our own self-confidence as well. So I want to welcome you here today, Shannon, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Melissa. I'm excited for our conversation. Yeah. So before you jump in, tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you end up getting into the work Mm. that you're doing right now? So I grew up in a very chaotic and violent environment. My father was an alcoholic and So my parents got divorced when I was 12 and he was still drinking, promised to stop drinking, all of the things that they do, right? And so one day he came to pick up me and my brother for a weekend and he had a beer in his lap and I said, you know what? I don't want anything to do with you as long as you're drinking. I don't want to be around it. I don't want to be around you. I was only 12, but you know, he took it to heart. And so I didn't speak to him again until I was 25. And that was just briefly. And then not again until just these past three years, which was ended up being the last three years of his life, unfortunately. But so growing up that way and not having my father in my life and sort of choosing this other thing over me, that's the story that I told myself, right? That I just grew up thinking that my father, I wasn't worthy of love. You know, if my own father doesn't love me, then why would anyone else? And so I carried that into my adult relationships and it really manifested itself and showed itself with insecurity and jealousy in my relationships. And this was something that I suffered with for decades. And so, you know, as you mentioned, I ruined a lot of, you know, probably fine, you know, relationships with fine people. And then I stayed way too long in some really bad relationships that I shouldn't have because of that insecurity. So jealousy is something that, you know, I started this journey of like, how do I tame this? How do I overcome this so that it's not, you know, driving my life? It was ruining my relationship. You know, luckily my husband stayed in it. I think, you know, should he have? I don't know, maybe not, but Luckily he did and it was, but it was just ruining the relationship. So I knew that I had to fix it. And so I went on the journey to fix it. And now I'm helping other people to do the same thing. I relate so much to your story because I have a similar story. My dad wasn't an alcoholic, but he left when we were three, you know, he and my mom got divorced. And as a young child, you don't know how to process that. So I took it the same way you did as if he left, he must not love us. And that, of course, that wasn't the case. Um, It it just leaves an impression with you and leaves invisible scars that you don't realize are there until you get older and you have these relationships and you don't know how to navigate them because you just have all of that old wounding that's, it's almost like covering your eyes with 
smudges if you had glasses on and so you're not really seeing things the way that they are so i totally understand what you're talking yeah. about and i have a feeling there are a lot of people out there who do because those inner childhood woundings do end up in our relationships absolutely and you know like you mentioned you just kind of you don't maybe realize that story that you're telling yourself that's sort of playing in the background until it's really manifesting and like, oh my gosh, you know, why am I having so much trouble in my relationships as an adult? And, you know, why does this keep, I keep coming up with the same, same thing and same results. So that's when you have to go, okay, what's, what's really going on here? And I say, you know, jealousy is not the problem. Jealousy is actually a solution. And I think we look at it like, oh, I have such a problem with jealousy. Jealousy is ruining my relationship, which those things can be true, but it is a solution. It's trying to say, hey, you need to go look at something. Like something isn't quite right here. I'm showing up to kind of nudge you to go, hey, this is going to keep being a pain or you know a source of pain for you until you start digging deep and realizing as you said, it's not that my father didn't love me or that I wasn't worthy of love. He had a problem with alcohol, had nothing to do with my worthiness of being loved. Yeah. And he was battling his own demons as we all do. And, and unfortunately that just becomes a cycle because what he did affected you. And then you have to be the one who decides you're going to step up and break that cycle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, that cycle, whether it's the habit of drinking or the habit of being insecure, the habit of doing insecure things in our relationship, they're all these habits that we have to break. And that's certainly one place that I start with people when they're jealous, when this jealousy is really starting to ruin their relationships is let's take a look at the things that you think, do, and say, and how is all that, you know, what all things are you doing, thinking and saying in your relationship that's damaging it? Because it's just like those, like you said, those old wounds that we don't really know are there. We're not probably paying attention to these repeated or these patterns that we're doing in our relationship where this jealousy is showing up. Yeah, I think most people just assume, oh my gosh, it's the other person. I'm just always attracting this type of person. And what we don't realize is, you're the one attracting it and there's a reason you're attracting it or the way things end up in a relationship is because of things that you're doing and we go on autopilot so much i think we don't even pay attention to oh yeah that was a red flag for me like i'm doing mm -hmm. x y and z and i keep doing x y and z in a relationship and having the same result and that's yeah. when you realize like oh maybe it's me <laughs> <laughs> maybe it's me maybe yes it's me. i mean i think Right. I think that is one of the first things, you know, some people know, and they have a, they have a general idea that, okay, this is a me problem, but you're right. Some people will say to their partners, well, if you hadn't done this, or if you hadn't said that, or if you would make, you know, reassure me more, I wouldn't be jealous. I wouldn't be feeling this way. And really, you know, it doesn't matter what your partner does or doesn't do. It is a me problem when you're feeling that insecure and that jealous in your relationship, because we're never going to know if our partner is going to cheat on us or not. We're right. never going to know. You know, we don't know. We can't predict the future if you two are going to stay together and they're not going to leave you. So the real question is not so much, are they going to cheat or are they going to leave? But 
why are you so focused on whether they're going to cheat or whether they're going to leave? And that's really a big problem with this jealousy that people suffer from is that daily anxiety and not feeling present in their life. It goes even beyond the relationship. So because that person who is this insecure and has this morbid jealousy, they're not focused at work because all of their attention and their mind is on what their partner's doing and worrying about what their partner's doing and going through different scenarios. And so they're not able to focus at work. They're not feeling present with their kids, maybe, and certainly not in their relationship. You know, I used to listen to, I used to ask my husband, you know, questions about his day, not a hundred percent because I was interested in how his day was, but I was trying to connect the dots, right? So I'm not focused on what he's actually saying or how his day was. I'm just trying to solve, see if I can, you know, connect the dots and solve this problem. Yeah. And that is, I mean, that's not a way to live. It's so frustrating to feel like you're constantly preparing yourself for the shoe to drop, right? Like you're waiting to catch somebody in something and that just puts yourself in a mental prison. So if you find yourself with all of these intrusive thoughts, what do you do? How do you let that go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think the first thing, you know, the self-awareness piece is huge. And that's really where we start is we have to get really aware one of realizing it is a you problem and it's something that you have to fix internally. The partner doesn't matter. Maybe they are cheating, maybe they're not, but you know that you're having those insecure thoughts and feelings and the jealous feelings, even without evidence. And so you're right. It's not a way to live your life. You're spending time looking through their phone, looking them up on location, looking at social media, reading their text messages, and it just causes that constant anxiety. So it's getting aware that this is a me problem and I need to address it with me. And so really trying to get to the root of, well, why am I so focused on this? Why am I feeling jealous? And, you know, getting to that source of it, the root of it. And of course, you know, like in my case of, I was telling myself the story of I'm not worthy of love. So of course, I'm not going to think that someone's going to be faithful to me or stay with me long-term. And that was fear. It's all rooted in fear. And so that was my fear because of the story that I was telling myself. So kind of what is behind that? You know, what is that belief system? We don't do inventory enough to go, what are the things that I'm believing or that I'm telling myself all the time? You know, we may come up with something and you may have done this, you know, growing up of, I have this story that I'm telling myself because of the situation, because your dad left, but then we don't go back and inventory that. So we carry that with us usually and not even realizing it. And so that's a part of it is like, let's get to the root of it. So that's where we start. And then breaking that habit cycle. And so what I do a lot of times, the thing do say, I have people write it down. What are all the things that you're thinking and you're telling yourself? What are all the things you're doing in your relationship? And what are the things that you're saying to your partner? And so one example for me, um, my go-to was, let's say my husband was trying to tell me like, oh, remember a year ago when we went to so-and-so, if I didn't remember right away, my go-to would be, oh, that must've been your other girlfriend, or that must've been your girlfriend that you did that with. 
I didn't realize how often I was saying that or what kind of damage it was doing to my relationship. Um, I was looking him up on location all the time. You know, is he where he said he was going to be? And so we have to then go, how do I break that habit cycle? And I have to start one by one. Okay, I'm going to stop looking him up on location. And I can do all the other things. So I can still check the text. I can still look at the email. But I'm going to stop looking up on location services. And then you start to realize that it's very similar to a drug addiction, really. Because you have that kind of, I need this fix from them. I need this reassurance from my partner. I'm starting to not feel well. I'm starting to, that fear is creeping in. And so I go looking. So whether I'm looking through their phone or their email, you know, I'm looking for it or I'm asking them um, questions. Like, do you find her attractive? Who are you? Who are you with today? And they may give me that reassurance and I might feel better for a very brief time, but then it's right back. And I feel that urge to go look again. And so we just get in that habit loop. Yeah. And it's easy to see why uh, you would do that because if you're, and it does come down to self-confidence. If you have very low self-confidence, you look for reassurance in every area of your life, like not just mm. from romantic relationships, which I think is another interesting point because you probably also see jealousy in other relationships, not just with partners, but maybe with family members too. Yeah. Yeah. Family members, friends. I mean, um, there are some that if they're in a group of friends and two of the three friends meet up and they're the third one and they couldn't go, they're feeling jealous. So it's not just romantic relationships or can be outside of rom romantic relationships as well. Does that stem from a fear of rejection or what? Yeah, that fear of abandonment, the fear of losing something, right, that you love. So a lot of times it's like, oh, are they building a, a deeper connection with that other person? Are they building a better relationship with that other person? So it doesn't always even have to be in the romantic realm. It can definitely, I've seen it in friendships. I've seen it between sisters or sisters and brothers when they're kind of fighting for their parents' attention, maybe. Um, so there's sort of these three underlying factors. It's either projection, protection, or competition. And that's where that falls, right? A lot of the competition part, um, the projection. So it may be, maybe I cheated in a past relationship. You know, maybe that person was unfaithful in a relationship that they were in. And so they're projecting their unfaithfulness onto their partner, worried that their partner is going to be, or they were with someone else who was unfaithful. And so now they're projecting that onto their new partner. Um, and then the third one, protection. So maybe we've had that happen to us, or we've had some things in the past where we felt abandoned or left and we don't like that feeling. That's not comfortable. That's not a, that's not a nice feeling. And we try to protect ourselves from that ever happening again. And so we're on high alert. <laughs> and that makes total sense too. It really does because you have to learn coping mechanisms, but often we don't learn healthy coping mechanisms. We just yeah. go right to what we've always done. And that's usually very unhealthy. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, as children, 
we're very good at figuring out how we survive in those situations, but they're not good for us as adults or we don't need them anymore, but we're still doing them because that's all we know. Yeah. And I, I know a lot of people who have a difficult time just even being vulnerable and opening themselves up to anyone, not even just romantic relationships, but just to friendships. It's such a, it brings so much fear in people. So how do you take that first step to kind of let down your guard and let those walls down? Mm, Such a good question because you're right. Um, Even in my own experience, I wasn't just on guard with men in my life, but also women in my life, right? Or coworkers or whomever it was. Yeah, it was, I was one of those where like, I take a long time to trust. And um, that was part of my protection, no matter who it was. I didn't want to be burned by a friend. I didn't want to be burned by a partner. Um, And so I would have those walls up. So one thing I think that's really important, I call it the power of one, O-N-E, is being open to new And then you kind of fill in the blank with that E, open to new evidence, open to new experiences, open to new examples, new explanations. And so that really helps you to go, okay, this person said this thing or this person did this thing, but what else could it be? Like what I'm interpreting it this way, because we have to go back to, as you, you know, as you said, our coping mechanisms that we're used to probably are not, are not doing well for us. So we have to go on my autopilot. This is what I think, because that's used to the, my line of thinking, but what else could it be? Is there a different explanation? You know, I've had some clients who they think all men cheat or some that think all women cheat. That's all they've seen. They think that's their story, right? That's all I've ever seen, but is it all you've ever seen? Like we have to open ourselves up um, to that, that new piece. So just really being open to say, I know that my first thought is kind of a first degree thought. It's most likely wrong. I know that first thought is my autopilot. So what else could it be? Yeah. A lot of times those fears that creep up in our mind are irrational. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then we just run with it. And so the story becomes bigger and bigger and bigger in your mind when especially nowadays when people text more than they call each other. I think that is so dangerous sometimes because you can't interpret a text. It's harder to when, uh, you know, someone just writes you something, you're reading into it 50 different ways and you really don't even know how that person meant that sometimes people just text when they're busy. And so it seems cold or indifferent and it's not really. Yes. Yeah. And just slowing down to go just because I thought that initially, or just because I took it that way, the first go around, let me just sit for a second and let me see, let me run it through and, you know, see if there's something different. And let me ask you something, because here's something that I used to do. I know that I think was more harmful than anything. If I got a text like that and I wasn't sure, I would just ask, you know, did you mean to be called? And I think that made it worse asking the person because then they assume you're thinking bad things or you're always accusing them or whatever. So how would you handle that? 
Yeah, I mean, I think maybe it could be in the way or the 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 ver verbiage that you're using. So, but it could be like, hey, I just wanted to clarify. This is the way. This is the way this sounded. I assume you didn't mean it this way. I just want to clarify. You know, just getting that. I like the the approach that you you know the thinking of let me let me let them know that this is the way it came across, but maybe more curiosity versus this is the exact way that I took it. And maybe it's more like, Hey, this is how it came across. Probably didn't mean that. I just want to clarify. I like that. So then it's not accusatory, but it's more, uh, trying to just clarify that you're on the same page. Yes. Just want to make sure I read this right. Or, you know, that I'm interpreting this right. Yeah, I like that piece of advice. It's good advice to use. And it can go through relationships, romantic or not, because we often do that with our family and friends too. <laughs> but yeah, especially the people closest to us, right? Because we think we know how they're going to respond or we think that we know what they meant. And a lot of times we don't. We just think that we do. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Is there any other piece of advice you would give people who know that they need to work on just lowering those barriers and being more, more vulnerable with people? Yeah. I mean, I think one is just, if you're feeling like jealousy or this insecurity is really leading your life, I mean, we're all going to feel jealous from time to time. That's somewhat natural. It's human to get that little tinge of, oh, okay, here and there, that's totally fine. But if you're feeling anxious on a daily basis and it's really driving your life and ruining your relationship. I think that's when you want to reach out, get support, and also know that you're not the only person that is feeling that way. So many more people than you would imagine or that we think suffer from the very same thing. They're having the same thoughts. They're having the same worries. And so it's just good to know that you're not by yourself. When I did, when I first started my podcast, I started it because I did a, a talk with the ACA women's group, adult children of alcoholics. And I was just sharing my story, what it was like growing up, the problems that it caused in my adult relationships. And when I was talking about, you know, I touched a little bit on my jealousy and how jealous I was and some of the things that I was doing with my partners or saying to them. And it's very embarrassing to talk about. People don't want to share. You know, we're not putting it on our dating profiles as something positive, right? So, um, but I, I just wanted to share it because it was part of what I had to deal with. And at the end, all these hands went up and they were like, oh my gosh, thank you so much for saying that. I thought I was the only person that was thinking that way. So I just want people to know you're not alone. You're not the only one that is thinking that way. You're not crazy. All of those things that we hear, it's just, we've got to get to the root of it and, and get someone to feel not as anxious on a daily basis. And it's totally possible to change your way of thinking and to behave in a different way in the future. It just takes a lot of self-reflection and understanding, like you said, the root, where does it come from? Why do I think this way? Um, so how do you work with people to help them kind of shift that mindset? Yeah, um, well, I do one-on-one -on -one coaching. So um, I can work with clients either on a six-month program or a three-month program. And then I have a group program called Trust Building Bootcamp. And that one's where, you know, there are 
we keep the groups fairly small, but then you have the support of some other people. So it just kind of depends on how people want to start to, you know, start their journey. Do they just want it to be private or do they want to get support and, and be able to share and hear from another small group of people that are also feeling the same way? So, um, and once they get into the boot camp, you know, people are kind of shy the first week or two. And then when they really open up and start to lean on each other and hear other people's stories, the six weeks is over very quickly. And they're like, how can we stay in touch? So mm -hmm. it's a great way when you can get the support of other people. It really is because I know there have been times in my life where I have had a situation where maybe I didn't feel comfortable and I felt jealous. And when I talked to someone else and explained like, here's how I feel and this, this is what's happening, they would look at me and say, okay, those are really irrational thoughts. Like you jumped from here to here without yes. much in between. And you really need to take a step back and look at that and see that this is not what's actually happening. This is just fear stepping in and telling you this is what's happening, but you don't have any, like there's no evidence of that. So I think it's really a good thing to have other people to be able to to lean on and to share your stories with, because like you said, number one, you don't feel alone, but number two, it's our emotions get in the way. Yeah. We can't look at things objectively. Yes. Thank you so much for bringing that up, Melissa, because that is what happens when people share their, with their friends or their family who don't have it, who don't experience it. And it seems very, you know, that's the feedback. Like that's so irrational thinking, like there's no evidence of it. Why would you, you know, even think that you don't have a leg to stand on and that makes them feel even more alone mm -hmm. when they get that feedback. So, yeah. Yeah. It's nice to know that other people have experienced that. Um, it makes sense though, that other people would give you different feedback because they haven't gone through what you've gone through. So they couldn't understand where you're coming from or the way that your brain processes the information. Exactly. Exactly. So are you still doing your podcast? Yes. Yeah. Podcast is out every Tuesday called top self. Um, and so we focus on jealousy and other areas too. So insecurities, confidence, jealousy, um, there's a lot tied to it. And the great thing about, you know, any coaching, but certainly the jealousy coaching coaching is it, it'll show up as a positive in, in all the other areas. So, you know, once we work on that anxiety, then like, you're like, oh, I can focus at work. Oh, I can, you know, I, I feel like I can take this time to spend with my friends, you know, go to the mall or go to dinner with my friends and not worry about what's happening at home. So it certainly helps with all areas. I love that. So I would really love it if you could maybe give the audience one tip, how can they something they can do maybe right away to work on just building that self-confidence, just a little, even the tiniest bit, what's one thing <clears throat> you would tell them to do? Um. Okay. So can I maybe twist it a little, not maybe the self-confidence, but I think when they're feeling jealous and that anxiety, because we really have to start with kind of where that person is in terms of this is the way they're feeling. They're feeling very anxious. Um, and so 
it may sound like, oh, I don't want to hear about another breathing thing, but box breathing is so good in those moments. And the reason that it's really helpful is because when we are kind of worked up and we have that anxiety, our brains are not thinking clearly. We're not using our rational brain. And so we're not saying the right things. We're not be able to express how we're feeling. And we might get really accusatory with our partner. We might really explode and cause a scene. There's been, you know, it's the whole gamut. If you can do the box breathing, the reason I suggest that one, um, you know, the breathing exercise, there are a lot of techniques that you can do to kind of calm your nervous system, but you always have your breath and you can do it anywhere. So even if I'm sitting at the table at a restaurant, I've got my breath there. I can start to calm myself with my breathing so that my rational brain can kind of come back online and go, okay, let me look at this a little clearer with a little bit clearer mind. Cause I can't do it when I'm in that panic mode. And so, um, that would be my tip in terms of kind of in that jealous frenzy or in that jealous meltdown situation in terms of, you know, building confidence, I would say, again, going back to like, well, why do I feel insecure? So same question and keep, okay, well, I feel insecure because I didn't, you know, both my parents weren't there to support me when I was young and, or I feel this way because my dad did this. Okay. Why do I feel this way? And keep doing that until you're getting to when's the first time that I felt insecure. When's, you know, what happened? So yeah. just a starting point. The breathing technique is a really great piece of advice because it works in all areas of your life. If you're having, yes. you know, you're at the airport, <laughs> things are not going your way. <laughs> we might see less of those TikTok videos where people are losing it on airplanes. If we all That's right. Them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. Let's all do some box breathing together here before. <laughs> yes. No flipping out on anybody. Do some breathing. That's right. That's right. Well, your advice is fantastic and I love what you're doing and I encourage people to check out your podcast. It's the Top Shelf Podcast. Top Self. Top Self. Yep. Yes. Top Self. Yep. And it's a weekly podcast. So go and check that out. I want to thank you so much for um, being with us today. If anyone wants to go listen to the podcast or they want to work with you and with the coaching or your group sessions, what's the best way for them to do that? If they can head over to the website, which is just topself.com. They can follow me on Instagram at topselfcoach, either one. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Anna, for being here with us today and for all of the work that you're doing to help people, because I know this is a, a big issue for a lot of people and it's comforting to know that there is help out there if someone is wanting to reach out and to get it. Uh, thank you so much, Melissa, and thank you for all you're doing as well. Thank you. I want to thank you guys for being here with us today as well. If you want to go and visit Shannon's website, we'll have the link in the show notes. You can go and check out her podcast, Top Self. You can also maybe reach out and book a session with her. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave a positive review from wherever you're listening. Of course, the greatest compliment you can pay me is to recommend this podcast to other people you think might benefit. If you want to join us on Patreon, you can see the video of this podcast. You can sign up for free for seven days. We do weekly lives also. You can join us for a free card reading. And if you like it, stay with us. If not, no obligations. I hope you guys are having a beautiful day from wherever you're listening. As always, I am sending you guys so much love and light, and I will talk to you soon. Bye, guys.